living in a world gone geek. It's time to geek hard or go home. The podcast is real. Here's your host, Grounded Geek. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast is real from World Gone Geek. I am Jeff, also known as Grounded Geek, and we are grateful that you're joining us here on this Sunday evening. Sunny evening, Sunday evening. It was kind of sunny today, though, if you're in Cleveland, depending on your where, which is odd for us. So we'll take it. Maybe that's why sunny is on my brain. Um, very excited uh, to to get into tonight's episode, but uh, I do want to kind of call out the fact that I am, you know, missing some follicles up in this area. Uh, if you were here last week, you know that St. Baldrick's was coming up. That's a charity where we uh, shave our heads in solidarity with kids who are battling cancer and to raise money for pediatric cancer research through, through the St. Baldrick's Foundation. Uh, as of this afternoon, we were at about $64,000 as a, a whole at Rainbow here in Cleveland. Uh, that was not my, con <laughs> the contributions that I came in were just a tiny fraction of that, but it's just due to all of the great people who are out there shaving their heads. It's really, truly my favorite day of the year is seeing everybody doing this and showing solidarity with these kids. It's a blast. So if you'd still like to donate, I'm going to put the uh, donation link down in the, the, the show notes, and we'd love to have you uh, be a part of, of bringing hope to kids who are fighting cancer. So if you could do that, that would be great. Let's get into the show tonight. I, we got some special guests. We're doing some special stuff. So I'm just going to get right into it. Let's take and say hi to Aaliyah and to Utah. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Greetings, programs. All right. Utah, your camera, you're, you're, you've got about three pixels that I can see. Oh, no. If, if I had a nickel for every be. pixel, I could buy a stick of gum. <laughs> it must be. It, it must be the time your connection. Look yeah, the, the eye of <laughs> Yeah, it's got, you've slowed down time, internet time. I've slowed down my internet. Yeah, Therefore, your voice sounds perfect, but your camera's totally frozen. Is mm, it just it me, Aaliyah, yeah. or are you seeing that too? No, it's it's just you. <laughs> it is just me? Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I can oh. see him. He's fine. He's completely okay. frozen. You're, you're fine. Oh, there he is. He just popped back in. Oh, okay. All right, maybe it was no, just sorry, me. I, hey. It might have been. Okay. Now it I looks can like see what you're talking about. That's what I wanted to see. Check it out. Yeah, the Eye of Agamotto. So, yes, I needed this because I, I, I needed to finish my story today. So I had to <laughs> had to use the mystic arts to make sure I got it done on time. <laughs> did you did you you didn't mess with the timeline? Did you go back and find a variant Utah who was writing a different story and steal his? I didn't even, you know, I didn't think I I wasn't even I was so focused on trying just trying to finish the story. I have no idea if I've created any sort of events or any <laughs> any branches that need pruning or anything like that so I'm, i guess i'll just have to sit back and and wait and see what happens <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't know it's, it's such a big responsibility i didn't even think about that oh <laughs> just just for this short story for our show tonight <laughs> you may have totally screwed up our our uh our little arm of the, the multiverse. That's not going to be well, good. Well, not until after the show's over, of course. So. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Right. Well, um, yeah. Right. And then I've, you I've can, reset the, the eye. We should be fine. So when the show's done, you're going to go back and fix it. Is that what you're telling I'm going to go back and fix. I, I'm going to go back and fix whatever needs fixing. Okay. And <laughs> probably cause more issues as I'm trying to fix the ones that I well, previously. And then I'll have to go back and fix. <laughs> This could get and complicated. 
already <laughs> complicated. Yeah. And well, I cost. mean, you're obviously excited for the Doctor Strange movie is, is uh, quickly approaching us. We're seeing more and more trailers and getting more and more. That last trailer was pretty, uh, pretty yeah. mind boggling. Yeah. There's so many. Oh my gosh. So this is a situation. So I, I love Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, the three, you know, I'm not spoiling anything. If, if you've not seen it yet, I'm going to say it. If you didn't know this by now, if it hasn't been spoiled for you. It was like the worst kept Where secret. are you? Yes. But this, this <laughs> the, the fact that there were three of them in that movie uh, was a terribly kept secret. It was really bad. But, you know, they, they, they were committed, right? Even down to editing their trailers, everything. They were like, I know. We know it looks. We know it's there. We don't care. But we're just not going to show you until you come to the movie. And they're and people just you know were out there just speculating on that, but they were speculating on all these other things too, right? We only saw we only mm. knew about four of the villains. Will it be Sinister right. Six? Is there another villain? Who mm. else might be showing up? Things like that. This Doctor Strange one is out all of over. control. People are speculating <laughs> so crazily right now. Like I'm, I'm just, they're coming up with characters that are, you know, so obscure that are going to show up. Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like, yeah. We're getting Finally. The WandaVision thing all over again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's going to be in it. The only one we can really say with any kind of like, you know, solid confidence is it's that Dr. was Strange. definitely Patrick Stewart's voice, right? Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. And he even confirmed I think so. it in an interview. He, 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 right. he, said, played, he, he was, he played coy at first. Right. But then yeah. later on he said, ah, well, okay, he was so surprised yeah. at the reaction. He's like, it's a shoulder and an earlobe. You know what I mean? I can't believe right. the reaction it's getting, <laughs> but he, but he said that. So he admitted it, right. It's definitely him, yes. but we don't know what he's doing there or, you know, obviously the necessarily oh, what that connection so is. So many incredible things going on in this. Yeah. Movie. We know America Chavez is in it. She's pretty plain. We've seen her. Um, but yeah, we, uh, see her, we see her actually in the trailer. Right. Yeah. So that's no, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's someone who, who uh, you know, is glowing and f- spinning and people have have Zabruder filmed this thing by right. <laughs> taking it it's and Captain slowing Marvel, it down. And, but it's and, a different Captain Marvel. Right. Enhance. Enhance. No, I've heard Tom, it's Tom Doom, Cruise Doom. as Iron Man. And I'm like, that is not Iron Man. I don't care what anybody says. Oh my God. No, um, Iron Man doesn't feel like that. <laughs> but in all of the, uh, you know, kind of, you know, zooms that they've done, it appears to be someone with darker skin. So possibly an African-American oh, character. Photon. And, uh, and um, so now that people are thinking Monica Rambo, so which yeah, kind of makes sense because the Marvels and all she, this stuff in America Chavez well, and could right. be a connection she, to that. She picked up the Captain Marvel mantle in the comic books yep. at, at one point. So, and we saw her in WandaVision pick up powers. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're seeing her for the first time with her powers. I don't know. I saw the, somebody, I saw somebody like doing enhance and zoom on like the posters yeah, and they found and they found Captain Carter's shield in the poster. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, where are you guys watching this stuff? Like, it's just out there. It's, on, it's all over my yeah. Facebook feed. Is full of it. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, it's, out it's there, just crazy. Yeah. Mine is. It's not. right behind so you. Much, you see that? So much of it is from sites that are just ridiculous, right? <laughs> that that. They, well, yeah, some of it's just right. because they say confirmed, and then they have no source whatsoever. It's just like a it's a photo. It's like Tom Cruise confirmed. As Mephisto. And I'm like, well, what? Um, that's not confirmed. Oh my gosh. If, if you see that, it, unless they provide a source, like a legit source, they're just, they're making it up and getting you to click. Unless you that's see it. Tom Cruise jumping up and down on the couch saying, I'm Mephisto. Right. 
Exactly. I hope that happens. Um, I would. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm excited for it. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see who is in it. But I, I you know, if, if every character that people are speculating is in it, there's not going to be enough runtime <laughs> to actually contain all of the people that are in this movie. And let's not forget, this is Sam Raimi directing it. And let's not forget the last movie, Sam Marvel film, Sam Raimi had to direct that oh, had no, multiple no, characters no, in it. No, 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 no. It didn't no, go well. Go there. No, no, stop. No, stop. Just stop. I wasn't, I don't believe it was Raimi's fault, but still, uh, it didn't go well. That's all I'm saying. It's a bit. Um, it's a bit. But I love Raimi and I can't wait to see his little uh, evil dead homages, his little camera. I can't wait. He, I, he sneaks I'm into sorry. everything he yeah. does. It's awesome. I can't wait. I'm going to be looking. I'm looking for the Bruce Cam- Campbell cameo for sure. Yeah. Now, one thing I can't talk about because it just, it literally just came out last week and you guys haven't seen it yet. I, I have don't know. seen it. Oh, did see it, um, but we it's don't want to spoil it anyway. But um, obviously really? the Batman just came out last oh, week. Yeah. Robert Pattinson. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, the Batman. And I got to I got to be Not honest, in my personal opinion, is it the Batman? It's earned the the. It's earned it. It has. It's so good. Okay. It is so it good. Very good. Yeah. That's I will not fair. spoil anything. It's very long, but not in the sense that you're like, God, when is this over? You know? Yeah, like, no. Yeah, it's like, like as much as like I love the Lord long, of the Rings right? movies. Uh, in the final movie, those three different endings, there was a point at which I was like, okay, come on. This, I love this movie so much, but it really needs to be over now. Okay. That movie <laughs> ended too end many times. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie does that too, but it's in ways that like ratchet up the, the, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I think we're coming to it. No, another twist. What? Yeah, it's really good. So it, it's fantastic. It's, right. if you haven't seen All it, right. rush out to the theaters and try to see it because I mean, All right. see it like- needs to make a gazillion dollars because Matt Reeves <laughs> needs to be able to do this again. DC needs to be able to say, okay, we get it. You guys love this. Uh, we'll do it again. So he, he so deserves saying, a sequel. You, no question. You want Matt Reeves to handle the sequel for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Or somebody who will carry that mantle the same in a similar fashion. He, he, it's, gotcha. it's a noir. It's a serial killer. It's saw me. It's not, it's not as graphic as saw, but it's saw meets seven again, not as seven. graphic. Uh, meets, you know, classic detective noir. You know what I mean? The whole but more graphic. Yeah. <laughs> more graphic than those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, but this, this, despite that, it also has all of the the big budget action, like ridiculous action that you expect from a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I, I didn't think they would possibly be able to do all of that. And they did. It's fantastic. So I'm Ooh, gushing right. about it. I know, but I like, really I'm, loved I'm, it. And people are finding little I'm things, and you know, it it's not perfect film, you know, and, and a lot of people are trying, are suddenly trashing the Nolan films. We all love the Nolan films. And now they're like, Nolan, oh, this is the, this on. is the Batman. No, Nolan films are still great too, but I, I, Dark Knight was my favorite up until this point. Now I don't know. This might've, it might've this, toppled this might Dark have, Knight uh, is my favorite. Really? I got to see it again, really, to just kind of soak it okay. in. So if you sure. go, let me know. Libby is dying to go to, so... <laughs> I'll, we'll um, I'll let you know if I if I want to venture out for a three hour show. Yeah. Well, there was a so, point in time like, where I felt like I wanted to nap, but not because of the movie, <laughs> but because I was like, it's "Well, t- this is it's a really dark theater." Sure. I ate some popcorn. 
<laughs> that happens in all movies, really. It doesn't. It doesn't even it need to be a three-hour the- movie for me to get tired. Um, and 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 now I, it's gotten to the point where I can't even make it through a two-hour movie without going to the bathroom at least once. So obviously, I had to run out during one of the scenes in in this one. Oh, uh, do, what's picked, that app? I picked well. Isn't there an app that like tells yeah. you the good good times to to go for a restroom? To go, go to the bathroom. Yeah, there I don't is, know what yeah, it wow. is. There's an app, but I, I did find a really good. Uh, uh, of time because I, I I was like this might be it. I went to the bathroom, came back, and uh, Libby told me I hadn't missed much of anything. So well, I, so I heard I, I heard the movie was so good that even before it was released theatrically, HBO announced a spinoff TV show for the Penguin. Is yeah, that right? I, I don't know. I did hear that. I mean, I don't know how a hundred percent positive that is, but um, they're supposed to be like a, a Gotham show that's based on this Gotham too. Mm. That's I would what like I that though. So okay. I would like that. Right. Either one. Yeah. I mean, either one I would be down for. Especially if Jeffrey Rush would be willing to continue to be Jeffrey Commissioner Wright. Gordon. Right. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey oh, Rush man. would be a completely different commissioner. Yes. No, he definitely would. <laughs> I mean, be, not bad. No, he's a great actor, but yeah, he yeah. would not be the same. But Jeffrey Wright, if he was Commissioner Gordon in this in a show. I would 100% watch that. And they're just solving crimes in Gotham. Yeah, that would be awesome. And then they just bring in Batman. Batman just shows up when it's really bad, like like what like it was in the movie. You know what I mean? Like that. Those he's he's got to get involved because you can even turn on the signal, and there he is. He's like he comes, he, he helps. Well, that, that's not supposed to work anyway. Wouldn't it be funny exactly. if like he turned on the signal and he never showed up? <laughs> a whole thirty, a whole forty-five minute episode of Commissioner Gordon waiting at the at the signal. <laughs> Another signal pops up from like the area of Wayne Manor that says, you know. Uh, more important. We're sorry. It's bigger. Is out of the office. Please, leave, <laughs> please leave your outgoing. tragic circumstances at, at the town. Outgo- outgoing signal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so go see Batman. It's going to be great. It's awesome. The Batman. So yeah, the Batman. So tonight is a really exciting night. All right. So uh, we announced uh, uh, quite a while ago that we were going to team up with some good friends of ours over at the Promptly Written Podcast, where they take prompts given to their given to them by their audience and they write a short story in a month and then they record that and discuss the process of writing it's great especially if you if you're a writer if you love that process and you just love to hear good stories that is a, a great podcast to subscribe to so you should go do that right now in fact we'll wait yeah do, 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 do. It might be typing, uh, you know, I'm trying to think how long it takes to type that into your phone. Do I hear a train? Oh, oh sorry. That's me. I had, that's I had that's me. Okay. That's all right. All right. That's, that should be enough time. You should have subscribed to a promptly written podcast. Now they have a new follower. So it's great. Um, each month you'll get a, a new set of stories from these guys. They're, they're really fun. Uh, and just that, I, again, my favorite part really is, I mean, I enjoy the stories, but my favorite part is hearing them talk about like kind of what inspired them, where it came from, why they took this direction with the prompt, things like that. So our idea um, between all of us, the the two teams was to, to, you know, team up and do uh, an episode where we three are wrote stories based on the prompt uh, they would write stories based on the prompt. What's that? Yeah. Some of us attempted <laughs> at least attempt it. Right. And then, uh, and then we would get together, we would discuss an, a, a novel, which we did the demolished man. 
by Alfred Bester, one of the very first Hugo award-winning sci-fi novels. Uh, we discussed that. And then we listened to Matt and Ian on their show. And then tonight we're going to listen to our stories and they're going to be here. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. What are they going to get here? Matt oh. Shigarik and Ian Lewis, just like that. That was wow. pretty cool. They just, well, they just materialized. Of the, speak of the proverbial devils. Yeah. Hey, that, that's Matt, not me. <laughs> oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. I should make that singular. Yeah. Um, welcome guys. Welcome. Thank it's very you. exciting. Happy to be here. Yeah. So we, we recorded with you guys earlier this week. We got to hear your stories, which were awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those of you who listen or are watching tonight, you're going to get to hear our stories live <laughs> tomorrow on the podcast. You are going to hear uh, you have to listen to both podcasts. So you have to listen to ours to hear our stories. Um, once you've heard them, make sure you go over to listen to the latest episode. What episode number is it for you guys, Matt? One, one thousand. Oh, oh, Matt's Unmute. audio is out. 45 or something? 45. 45. So it's, I mean, it's the latest episode. It shouldn't be, unless you're listening to this next month, in which case you're like, wait, that they didn't talk about Warcraft at all. No, yeah, four, it's uh, episode 45. Um, so yeah, check that out. We were on there and now here they are. Wonderful. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank um, you. So we are going to read our stories, but I wanted to make sure, I mean, part of the reason we were having you on the show is we wanted to kind of talk about your show a little bit and introduce our audience to it. So uh, Ian has been on our show before. Um, he uh, has told us about his career and his writing and uh, things like that. But tell us a little bit about how the podcast came together and how, how you guys what, where did you guys, you know, run into each other? How'd this happen? <laughs> You'll be a take it or you yeah, want to go? Yeah, take it away. All right. So, I mean, I've, it's, it's hilarious. So I went to high school with Ian, didn't speak a single <laughs> word to him in actual high school, but we became friends through a mutual friend after high school and like pretty much just like ever since. So, uh, he's been, you've been writing since what, like you started doing this in what, around college? Like, uh, like tail end of college. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's he's been doing that sort of thing his entire sit I mean for for a long time and then as far as me I my storytelling journey has been all over the place like I went from an <laughs> IT job into a video job and then I originally went back to school for photography to get better at video and then I ended up going for film and and then I did an MFA in creative writing so it's like I had to go through all these different stages of like the storytelling process to figure out that I'm supposed to be at the writing part of it yeah. and not the other part of it so um, but while I was doing my degree um, I, I heard from a lot of people throughout the way that like once you finish up going to school for something like this like once you finish you're like you're done writing like you just stop because you know, you've, you've spent so much time and effort and it's become like, a, like it's becomes work. It's schoolwork. Right. And then once you're done with the school, it's just like, oh, you're, you lose the motivation to write. So I was like, you know, I don't want that to happen to me. I want that. I need the motivation to keep me going. So I, we went out for, for wings or something, had a couple of beers. And I was like, by the way, I did get him like a little, a little liquored up first. And then like, by the way, I got this idea. I'm like, uh, and then I could pretty much pitch the podcast and I was like, you know, for the first few, it'll be us coming up with different prompts. And then the, the goal would be to have the audience give us the prompts and then we would just write a short story once a month. And I was expecting him to shoot me down and be like, ah, I got no time for that or whatever. But he was like, yeah, I'm in. 
and so began the the promptly written podcast. And Twenty years later, episodes later, yeah, forty, mm-hmm. yeah, forty five yeah, months later, we're still now. going strong. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. And, and sometimes you guys have like what you were telling us earlier, like gimmicks or things like that. Like one time you had to write a story in exactly a hundred words, right? That was one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, different different little gimmicks and things like that, which is a lot yeah. of fun. Um, yeah. Have you done other gimmicks besides that one? Um, we did like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Right. We did. Which that, that, was, that was super a lot fun. Of fun. I think we need to go back and revisit that. We might, we might have to. Yeah, that was super fun. Well, now that we know that a part of the origins of this was you getting Ian lick it, liquored up, I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> I think he's exaggerating there. There might have been no, two dudes involved. That's about exaggerating. <laughs> I don't believe it. So <laughs> I think one of the gimmicks should be that before you go in to record, you both you should get write liquored drunk. up. And then, mm. oh. and then we hear at least at least write or read the story while you're while you're uh, one of intoxicated. the two. I feel like they're <laughs> well, writing I think one. it was Hemingway that said write drunk, edit sober. Yeah. Yes. There you go. So, um, yes. But then no, we don't want that. you to edit sober. Either. <laughs> I think we write drunk, edit drunk, record drunk. <laughs> Ian's like cringing. This is cringing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I usually have a drink while I'm recording, but that's about it. Oh, so. yeah. this I did not know. Uh, well, I just I I'm do a, too occasionally. I'm an, I'm an introvert, and I I still don't like being recorded huh. and all that kind of thing. And so sometimes mm. I feel like I need to be a little relaxed. I yeah. guess you could say. But right, so are you are you drinking right now? I am not. I, I just have too. water. With me. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I always just have yeah, water. I feel I'm like just, I'm missing half. Well, the I usually water. have a water with me too, but I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Water, vodka. I got to keep the mouth lubricated, or it's I don't know. Be, it'll be Velcro within like five minutes. Yep. Velcro. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes I'll have like a uh, a truly or a okay that looks like water. It's like, like a, a white fancy, like, It's a seltzer water yeah. or seltzer okay. water. No, it's not. Seltzer it's not alcohol. Seltzer alcohol. seltzer alcohol. Or wine. I'll drink some uh, champagne. Right. Oh, champagne. Oh, a little that's bit of the bubbly. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, it's a little fan. It's a little that's fancy. Way, that's but. way too fancy for me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is the wine come out of a box? No, it's, yeah, we're, it's not, we're not playing or slap bag? the bag here. Or bag. It's too fancy. <laughs> we're not playing slap the bag. <laughs> slap oh the gosh. bag. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, you might have to know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Aaliyah. Can, so can, let's <laughs> let's go to Aaliyah's corner. Yeah, let's I slap the bag. No. No. Okay. In college, obviously, Elia went out and drank, had fun, party. Uh, they would do. They would have play a game called Slap the Bag. If you slap, it's a box of wine. Box wine. Box wine. For those of you that do not know, is terrible. It's not good. But, but it's cheap. But it's it cheap. Sprite. So if you, they say you got to slap the bag, then you slap the bag and they, you like chug the wine as right. Just so you know, the, right. The box open. wines. Box wines, box? Come in, no, box wines come in. No, until you a bag slap the bag the again, that you're dead. Oh, it's, okay. It's so convenient though. It's got a spout and everything. You can just it, like take mm-hmm. some, just like very little room in your refrigerator, and then it's, it's mm-hmm. very convenient. But it's terrible. Cheap. So yeah, <laughs> you can mix it with something like sure, Seven Up, yeah. Sprite, something like that. You're good. Rum, vodka. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to mix wine with things like that. <laughs> Well, it's box wine. I, I understand that. That's still strange to me. I mean, I don't drink wine, but I don't, I don't it's know. A liquid. You're, you're, you're essentially you making a wine cooler. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. all you, it is. It's wine go. and 7 Up. Yeah, I right. Bottles and James. Bottles and James. James. The, the secret, right? The- <laughs> Boone's Farm, Strawberry yeah. Hill, right? Oh, Boone's. There you go. <laughs> that made it. it was, that was in one of your stories recently, wasn't it? 
there was a reference to Boone's oh, farm. Uh, there might there have was. been. I, I, can't I think recall. there was. Yeah, I think there was. Like two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, I, there may have been. I don't know. I some random influences here and there. I think so. All right. You, might have been, you was drinking when he was writing that. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. We're doing this. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, probably written like, after dark or something. Recall. <laughs> Please. I will yes. definitely tune into that one. It'd be like drunk history. You guys make it sound like we have drinking problems or something. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Maybe, I, this, I have I like one drink in a sitting it. and that's it. I mean, I'm like, what, I'm pretty tame. What but, if I write live drunk? That oh would, my God. I would watch that. Matt, I think you've just found uh, one night a week on your Twitch channel. Yeah. Just drunk and writing. writing? Drunk, yeah. drunk writing. We need to be able to see, we need to be able to I think see, so. I know you usually do longhand, but we need to be either be able to see the paper you're writing on so we can re- read yeah. along or yeah, you're, you're going to need to type on those nights because that might even be funnier typing well, while you're, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, All right, I'm in. and you can share well, the screen, you know what I mean? And Twitch, so that'd be easier. I'm in. Follow me on Twitter and I'll let you know I, when it's going to happen. I am positive that there's an audience out there that will, that will like be flipping through and go, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That might I mean, be the niche. That's the trick, right? Finding a niche that's like, oh my gosh, this is one thing that nobody else is doing. All and it took was one person audience, in a right? hot tub. And now look. So I mean, are oh you allowed gosh. to openly drink on Twitch? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, you can openly smoke. I'm assuming <laughs> substances. Whoa. Well, oh, substances. Whoa. We got a little, little more insight into Aaliyah Wait, here. Hold on. No. Let's go back to Aaliyah. Let's go back no, to Aaliyah's corner. No. <laughs> no. Because I just started watching Twitch. You just started what? Watching, oh, I just started it. watching Twitch. The rails. And there's a chatting section in Twitch. A chatting section. <laughs> How do you think Air Twitch quotes. got its name? Right. Right? Uh, I don't know. I just started. No, I'm kidding because like people twitchy? are, not, people that's are not twitchy. How, that's using, uh, using substances oh. on Twitch. I don't know. That's not that's not the case. That's, that's not we're how. on no. Twitch right now, and I don't want Twitch to ban <laughs> us because we're accusing them of being uh I'll just I'll just go with the old fashioned red solo cup and then you can't tell what's yeah, in it, right? We don't, we don't know what you're drinking. We don't know yeah. what you're drinking. All right. Well, okay. Here's the thing. We need to get to these stories. <laughs> Right, hey, you know what? I, I, I bear the story resp- is probably the, the the longest of all. Of, of I take the responsibility uh, for having derailed that with the, with the whole uh, gimmick of you guys drinking and doing your show. Yeah, we, there so was a junction, and you just pulled I, that, that was lever. Me. And- I apologize. Yeah, it's a great idea, though. Yeah, yes. I think I think there's I absolutely seriously think there's an audience that will tune in. All right, this might weekend. even get some subscribers. Yeah, there's, people, that. there's that drunk history show, right? Yeah. Where they they retell yeah. history stories, historic stories. Drunk, so those are pretty good. I used to watch that. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> All right, Matt, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about the prompt process and then how we came up with today's prompt or this month's prompt? So, what we really do is we have a Facebook group, we have a group out on Facebook, promptly written podcast. You can go search that, join that, and then we put up a poll every month and we just say, like, Hey, what's uh. Give us your best prompt ideas. And normally, when you, when I do that, um, I leave it all blank and the listeners can go in and put their prompts. But this past month, when we set, set this one up, I failed to remove the one of the three options. And Facebook just has, like, when you set up the poll, it just says option one, option two, option three. And I deleted three and two and just kind of left option one there. And wouldn't you know that people voted for option one? <laughs> So the prompt is so the prompt is option one. Option one, yeah. All right. 
Um, so there, there you have it. Which Thanks, is, was a lot of fun. Um, and let's, uh, so, uh, Matt, you, you had written kind of like a, it was a sort of a serial killer thriller type, uh, mm-hmm. and, um, Ian had some cosmic horror sci-fi type of story, which was pretty awesome. So again, go over there and listen to those and, and get in on the, on the discussion. Cause that was a lot of fun, but Wait, tonight well, we're going to read ours. Tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be yeah. like tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, that's the 7th of March that you right. can find both of these as podcasts. They should listen to us well, uh, first and then listen to them because they're the writers. Yeah. I'm a hobbyist. <laughs> no, we, we claim yes. to be writers anyway. Yeah. Well, at least, yeah, because very, that way we set the stage and then they can right. like come I, in and actually. Based yes. on, based on what I've written, there's no Except way I want Jeff. to follow up those stories. Hey, you, <laughs> you wrote a, a story, writer. right? We did. I wrote a, I wrote yes, a story. You're a writer. Yeah. So that's, and that's why I was so excited to do this. So I used to write all the time. I mean, I loved writing as a kid in high school and, you know, and, and, uh, the English classes that I took in college for the brief time I was at college. Um, I went back (laughs) later, but when I first went to college, I was there, you know, I remember briefly for two years. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the best thing that came out of my two years there was my wife and well, in Utah's friendship, but, uh, this is live too. That was about it. But Utah's like, that wasn't the best thing. <laughs> I was the second best thing. I'm just you joking. were second best. Utah. I'm, I'm okay with that. First loser. Um, but uh, I loved writing stories. And I, I got to be honest with you. I have none of them, right? Like anything I've written in the past, it's gone. I don't know whatever happened to notebooks that I had when I was in school. I don't know if my uh, stepmom, you know, got rid of them after I had moved out and, you know, all that kind of, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, and, and if she had, I wouldn't have blamed her. I mean, it was just. You know, you wouldn't know what any of this stuff was. Right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't have any of that stuff. And part of me has just always had this desire to, like, get back into it. It's it's, it's an outlet that I really enjoy creatively and just haven't done for years. So having this come was just, for me, uh, awesome. I was very excited because it got me writing again. Right. And, and I'm not, That's cool. I'm not so satisfied with my story. And I like, I've written the greatest story I've ever written or anything like that, but I'm like, this is, I'm done with this story. Like I wrote a story that I have and and I'm, it's not perfect. And, and, you know, I'll probably write better ones down the road, but if you want to be a writer, as Matt said, you got to write, you got to write first. Yep. And that is uh, what we're doing now. Thanks to, thanks to these guys uh, kind of inspiring us with your so you're full. Thank you. there's a quote from stephen king that i have written down in in my little pocket notebook which is across the room but it's it's something effectively um if you want to be a writer you have to do two things above all else read a lot and write a lot yeah well and i I, I, and so i have that written down in 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 my notebook that i carry around with me just as a reminder yeah because i mean well but what has he done I'm <laughs> nothing, right? Nothing. He's not prolific at all. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the dude's retired. He still puts out three books a year. I don't know what the heck. Nuts. He's retired, and they're still good too. Oh, they are. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm reading "If It Bleeds" right now. That's like yeah, a, it was great. Another four novellas. So uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so we got to so. Um, that was kind of my background for writing um, Utah and Aaliyah, uh, whoever wants to go first, tell us a little bit about like kind of how you have approached writing in the past. Like, is this something that you wanted to do that you like doing? And was this a challenge? Was this like, 
uh, great. We're glad to be doing it again. Like, tell us how you feel. <laughs> um, we'll start with uh, you, Aaliyah. Yeah. Aaliyah, why don't you go first? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I wrote a lot of, so I started writing poetry when I was in high school, actually. It was a very um, therapeutic outlet that I had. Uh, and it mainly started after I had lost my best friend, Bryce, when she, when, um, she was 16. So it was very hard for me to deal with that, that loss and that grieving. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to deal with it. So, um, I didn't even realize that I was writing poetry. I just wrote because it it felt better. And then, um, one day I had went up to one of my favorite English teachers, Mrs. Tammy Igo. Um, and I read her one of my poems and, they were really dark <laughs> and graphic well, and, uh, understandable, uh, you know, just dealing with a lot of loss at that time. Cause I was also around the time that my mom had gotten sick, uh, with M- multiple sclerosis. And so, um, just not knowing how to deal with that. That's kind of how I started just using poetry as an outlet. And then I would just, <laughs> I remember I would carry around this purple folder with me, uh, just full of poems that I had written at the time. And, uh, I would read them to anybody that wanted to listen, that was willing to listen. And, um, you know, a lot of people would tell me like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. You, you know, you have, you, this is kind of what my poem is, my poem story is about today, but like you have a gift. And then even when I went to college, you know, I went, I started with, uh, with psychology and a minor in human development and family studies. And then I was like, man, I really, I just kept writing poetry and I kept going to different slams and just really trying to put myself out there. Um, as a poet. And then, you know, I just, everything inside of me was like, you, you'll never make this as a career. Like this isn't a career. You need something that's realistic. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, how can I do this? And how can I write poetry, but it's still, and still make it a career. And so I just, that's when I decided to go for journalism. Um, and I took, you know, some creative writing classes and, um, you know, just different poetry English lit, things of that nature, just different poetry classes. And then even whenever I moved out here, so after I I didn't graduate college, but I ended up moving out here uh, due to some life, poor life choices at that time. Um, I still went to slams, but then I stopped writing poetry for like three years um, until now. So very grateful for it, even as cringing as this might be for me. (laughs) Um, So I did write a story and a poem. So you guys will have to choose which one you guys want to hear. But is it wait? So you you actually wrote two things. (laughs) It's the start of a story and then a poem. Overachiever. It's this poem. No, I needed something because I. No. Kind of in theme or no? Okay, no, not at all. They're two, they're two, they're two different things. They're two completely different things. But I was like, okay, okay, okay. well, everyone's going to be writing a story. So I need to have a story. But I also really wanted to write a poem. So I wrote a poem. I think po- if it, as, it, it's based on the prompt though, right? They're both all, based yeah. on the prompt. Yeah. As so as I, I mean, we told you that. Uh, so what, I don't, Matt and Ian, we, we, in private conversations, we were like, uh, you know, she's like, well, no, you, you guys talked about it when we got on your show. Yeah. But previously to that, I was like, write what you write. Right. If it's poetry, get it out there. Like, do it. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to actually be a short story. This is yeah. Matt's we're breaking all the rules like, anyway, just by sure. like crossing <laughs> over and doing it. So 
I, I'm I over the word limit we talked about. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's all right. I go over the word limit all the time. I have a question about poetry slams real quick, because yeah. like the only thing that I like reference I have is like from Freddie Austin Prince Powers? Jr. And she's no. all that. It's like, so is there like guys get up there and they're like, hat, geek. Zach and like some dude in his underwear running around, or is it like, is it like, <laughs> oh my God. I no, love no, that no. movie and I immediately pictured that. <laughs> no, 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 it's not like that at all. Isn't it? Oh, okay. isn't it I, I pictured Mike, Mike Myers, Mike Myers from in so the I coffee in, shop. Yeah. So I married an also I married an expert. Yeah. Woman, yeah, yeah. nice. Whoa, man. man. Whoa, man. <laughs> she smelled like soup. <laughs> I think we all need to go to a poetry slam together. <laughs> See what goes. No, she took my and cat. if anything, I would yeah, picture. I would picture um, uh, uh, what my wife and kids, uh, the son doing his poem to his dad. Did you guys watch my wife and kids? I did, no, I, know. I, know I have no idea what you're though. talking about. No, it's one. Of, it's the oh. Damon Wayans uh, uh, show. Yeah, yes, show, but his son but is watch. like. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I'm gonna send so you. So it wasn't this. in Living Color. All right. It's not like that so, at all. I mean, they still snap or yeah, yeah, you know, okay. a little clap, but it's still. Oh, it's they really like snap? Yeah. Yeah, they really and do. For real? And for they, real. And they wear berets. So, like, like everybody, no like, deadpan is like. <laughs> no. Is that There's a lot of, but you have to understand. I go to like underground slam, so it's like. <sighs> Are those the ones slams. that you don't know about until you know about them? Yeah. Yeah. It's can like, we do an online drunken poetry slam? We can. Oh I would love that. Another niche, that Matt. Be, That's another niche. That would niche. be great. Please. There's a, especially if, uh, how do I say this? This, <laughs> I don't know. It's very yeah, cultured, I guess I could say. It's very cultured oh. where I go. So it's like, oh. you know, oh, so you a lot to. of illegal substances and um i can't i can't bring my alcoholic beverages is what you're saying man every single time like it's like what she lacks in pop culture like movie like viewership (laughs) she has so much life experience (laughs) right i have lived life i have lived life right it's not a, it's not, been saved see, by God. We're pop culture. She's high culture. It's a high <laughs> culture. I don't like smoke marijuana anymore. <laughs> I got to So we der- derailed it again. Let's go ahead. And my fault. I'm sorry. Utah. No, it's all good. Um, Utah, what, uh, tell us quickly about your kind of journey oh, as, a, as a writer my, and, and my, what this means to you. My writing journey will be very brief compared to, to both of you because the only writing I ever really did and enjoyed was... Um, probably, uh, what, what some would call journalism. I used to write articles and stuff for school newspapers. Uh, I think I had something in the lantern back at Ohio state once f- f- far flung way back in time ago. Um, so most of the writing that I've done outside of AP English has been very journalistic, uh, and maybe an opinion piece or two. So nothing creative. <laughs> so, um, so, um, how do I feel about this? I hate this. I hate this so much. I can't <laughs> how much I despise having to try and do creative writing because I haven't done, I, I, I haven't exercised those muscles since, you know, high school. Um, and may, well, actually maybe a little bit in college, uh, when I had to take English, um, because I had to fulfill a requirement of some sort. Um, but so this was, um, scary for me because, like I said, creative writing hasn't been a strength or something that I've done a lot. And so it was uh, also kind of invigorating, though, to kind of try something new and different um, and uh, to see if, you know, what came out. Because honestly, I was kind of sitting there typing away, um, almost stream of consciousness. And so 
uh, we'll see how it goes. I ended up with like 1400 words. So, Hey, that's way better. That's, that's 14, that's 1390 more words than I thought I could get. So awesome. Awesome. And the reason I want everybody to kind of do that is just want to preface this that, you know, the three of us, uh, you know, we haven't done this in some time. And so we're trying to kind of like, you know, so uh, be gentle with us, obviously, but (laughs) I, I feel like we're, we're, we're kind of putting ourselves out there because we want to encourage and inspire other people who've been maybe where we are, or maybe are thinking, you know, Hey, I've, I've, haven't written a while either, or I want to write, or you've got that imposter syndrome that kind of Aaliyah was saying, you know, like, Oh, I can't make a living from this or whatever that I'm not, or, or maybe you're telling yourself you're not good enough. Who cares? Right. I mean, we got something down, we're getting out here. We're putting it out for everybody to see and hear because, um, we want to inspire other people to do the same. So if you're out there listening and you're a writer who is just, you know, kind of stuck and, and doesn't want to get going, please just, jump on it, get going, uh, send us an email, send us the story. We'd love to hear it. Um, and we'll share it with Matt and Ian too. And, and we can all just kind of enjoy. We'll have a little writer's club. No, you can stay. Know. Well, at least my but story isn't as bad as Utah's. Right. There you go. <laughs> Watch his story be fantastic. All right. It's going to be. So mine, mine ended up being th- oh, 3,900 and some words. You should so definitely go first. Change. You're like over wow. double. Over you double. Definitely wow. go I don't know if I should go first or, or last, because if I go last, then people will have the chance to just tune out, right? Because oh well, <laughs> and, and if, if they tune out while I'm reading, then they won't ever get to you guys at the end. That's the way. That's how I feel. So oh, well, I, I feel like I feel like we should save you for last because if anything, I think you've had the most experience and the most kind of creative impulse to do it. And so I feel mm. like yours might be the most layered and most flavored. I don't know about experience. But. Seasoned. <laughs> um, whereas Aaliyah and I, um, you know, our stories might be a little bit more uh, hobbyish. Uh, in th- That's fine. More like That's what this is. That's a hobby for me too. So. All right. So I don't know. I don't so know. I don't Mine's know. the shortest. I will say that. So maybe I should do go what, first. Do you want to just go first? You want to just go first? Are you comfortable? <laughs> sure. And we're doing the, are we doing the poem? Yes, but yeah, it was it was up for you guys. I think we should do the poem. If the story is incomplete too, I'd rather just I'd rather it's not incomplete. I I ended it where I wanted to end it. Oh, I gotcha. I'd rather hear the poem and then maybe we can you can send us the story or read that later or something. All right. Offline. We could read it at the end and then people have to tune in till the end. It's it's not long. I don't have Microsoft Word on my on this laptop, so I don't even know how many words this is, but I know it's not that long. Okay. We don't care. All right, here he goes. Uh, I'm going to turn my... Oh, no, I'm turning my camera off. I'm turning it off. (laughs) That's fine. I'm just bringing it up so that they don't see the rest of us and distract. You know what I mean? We're going to mute ourselves and listen. And you can feel free to turn your camera off. It's totally fine. No, Uh, I've only enlarged it so that uh, they're not looking at us and being distracted. That's okay. All right. There's no title, by the way. Just just throwing that out there. Um, I struggle with writing more now than I used to. I've learned that this is my gift, my gift of letting strings of words flow together like an orchestra. The struggle with writing isn't so much what to say more than it is how to say it and have listeners really feel it, engulf them into my words and allow them to feel my heart soaked onto the page. This is what time does, or maybe age. 
I didn't realize that time takes a toll as it does, that words won't flow as easily when time has been taken for granted. When you're young, time seems irrelevant, sparing even. Then as you age and learn that what isn't used is lost, Lost in the days and nights of endless thinking about tomorrow, grieving past traumas, grieving the past, reliving moments that were never supposed to last, just be. This is where I am, realizing that time has escaped me and I was once that young, free to time, felt like I could rewind and do anything woman. Time can move, dance, sway, become boundless, but so can I. I have that option too, right? The perspective I had when I was free to time wasn't so much rewinding, but feeling, feeling everything so deeply and fondly enough, those same emotions are almost are almost rhythmic to me now. I have mustered up the courage to say that what was used was almost lost and perhaps persuaded myself into realizing that the only option is to be still in a moment that isn't going to last forever. Yet maybe these words might. So as I write these words triumphantly and praise the one who has given me this gift, knowingly that we that we are to be stewards of time, I will sign my signature perfectly across the dotted line in agreement. <clears throat> I will sign my signature perfectly across the dotted line in agreement to use my time wisely, carefully. And now, when someone mentions tomorrow, I will cringe. But when I think about today, I will sing, I will laugh, I will dance and sway because I am boundless. I am time. There you go. That's my very short poem. Wow. I, I think your that title was, is boundless. I think that's what it should be. Boundless. Yeah. I think it works. That was great. Holy that crap. Was so that was amazing. I, I liked it a lot. Cause I tell you the, the whole first half of it about, you know, the, the whole time passing and you, you kind of lose what, what you had at the beginning. I mean, like I'm living that right now with trying oh, to write the final Everybody. installment yeah. of a series that I started 15 years ago. And I had all this create like, organic creativity at the time. And now I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I, the words aren't coming. Yeah. I don't know how to end it. I'm like, I'm, lo I'm, I'm lost. I'm nowhere where I was close to being 15 years ago. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're like, I, spot felt, on. Yeah, I felt that too. I mean, I was feeling until you said uh, that you were a woman, I didn't feel that. I'm like, Oh, well, forget it. Like I was really like, I was getting moved because I'm like, Holy crap like that's how i feel too like just the time you know uh, you know we're sitting here uh, talking about nostalgic things right this is yeah. our show and stuff mm -hmm. that we grew up with and yeah and it's like i don't know i, I i'm kind of speechless about it myself but i thought it was amazing yeah was you really know good. when we recorded the other day and you, when you guys will hear this when you listen to our show hopefully but um i i don't do well with poetry and while you were reading that i think i i figured out why and it's because like you literally you literally put yourself out there like when i write like personal experiences or whatever i i fictionalize them and i i hide them deep under something and i have to create like i can't put me out there like you just did and um i think it, i think I, there's you have to be commended for that because it was just fantastic there was there was a line right in the middle where you said what isn't used is lost mm -hmm. and like that can't be more true you know what i mean like it's just yeah. like in t all about this like using the time that you have and when you were signing your signature perfectly across it like that all of this was was absolutely fantastic like thank you like i got to do it again <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was I incredible. appreciate and I and I agree with Ian. I think boundless is is a perfect be a perfect title, title. for for, yeah. for this poem. Or it could just be time. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And I, I gotta say also, Matt, like you, like you're saying that, you know, you never really got into poetry. I was kind of, kind of, I, I never got into reading poetry, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. hearing you say it like, or going to one of these slams and hearing people, you know, even um, there's a, there's a, a guy named Micah Bournes who uh, has albums of spoken word and, and, and music as well. And when I hear him do that, like that's moving. Whereas if I just read it on, on if he just, I've read the, the lyric sheet or the, you know, of his albums and stuff, it's not the same at all. And I think that's where I get lost in poetry. Like, I don't know how to read what cadence to say things, you know, and when you say things a certain way, it like, Oh, you know what? There was a, there was even a rhyme in there. You know what I mean? Like, the, but it came at like this cool place. Like, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. what I loved about you know, it was being able to hear you say it is so much more powerful than just trying to read it on the page for me. That makes total sense. I mean, like, uh, I mean, well, Perfect example is uh, what's her name Amanda Amanda Gorman when she read her poem at the inauguration. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was so incredibly powerful, and a lot of it had to do with her delivery. Mm-hmm. And, For sure. Because if you just read the words of that poem, it's still a great poem, but it's not nearly as impactful as when she for all intents and purposes, performed it, right? Mm-hmm. And Aaliyah, the same thing. It, 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 it's just so naturally performative. And I can see, um, you know, your experience in all those years of writing poetry and going to slams coming through because I don't know if anybody else saw it, but I saw a complete change in character. You like mm-hmm. immersed yeah. yourself into the poem and, and performed it as if you were on stage and you were emoting and, and the way you said it is certainly not the way I would have read it, which made it that much more powerful and, and so moving. And uh, yeah, I absolutely do not want to read my story now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I do think about that because if anybody was to ever read my, read my poems, I put so many commas in places for myself personally, sure, because I know sure. that that's where I want to breathe or I right. know right. that's where I want to add like maybe an inflection or something. But I like for, I also struggle with reading, reading poems because I don't know what their tone is. You know, I don't know, like, um, one of my favorite poems and it's very popular is, uh, the road, uh, Robert Frost. Why can't I think of the title? Yeah. Yeah, The road, road road less traveled. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I know what you're like talking about. The road, but, the past mist. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fork in the road. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always think about that because it's like, okay, well, what is the tone that you use when you are say, like saying this? Because when I'm writing, I have a voice that I that I say it in, just as like if you're writing a story, right? Like mm. it's the same thing. You know what the uh, a character's voice sounds like in your head, but not everybody knows what that voice sounds like. Um, so I, I struggle with reading poems too, but one of the, the um, poets that I've become very fond of is, um, his name is John Berryman and he wrote the uh, dream songs books and um, they're very abstract and kind of the, the poems that Matt would despise, like <laughs> because you have to figure out what he's kind of saying, but it's like, but it's a very long series of poems written almost in a story format and I loved it. So, um, yeah, but thank you guys so much for your, yeah, I would, 
I would be interested in seeing yours because I like all this brought back. I actually got into an argument with a professor once because we had to read a poem. And like, I was like, this is, this is garbage. I can't make sense of any of this. It doesn't read right. And he was like, oh, go listen to him. And he sends me a YouTube video of the guy performing it. Right. So I go and watch the performance and I'm reading along and it's just like, oh, well, now I see it. So like when you're a kid and you're like reading Shel Silverstein or whatever, it's like you get like that AB structure or whatever. And it's like, right. you get the pen, this you get rhymes the with this and this rhymes mm-hmm. with this. And, but the way this guy wrote it out, it was like he would chop his sentences in half and move it to the beginning of the next one. So if you, like once I saw his pattern, you could go through. But it's like this guy was being difficult just to be difficult. Like because it was it was written logically. And if he would have just like ended, like just hit enter at the right time, like everybody would be able to understand it. But he like did it in this stupid code. And of course, he's like the poet laureate at the time or whatever. So we talked about this guy, didn't we? Yes. So he's like king poet. But like, but it's just like E.E. Cummings. I don't think think you like poetry, Matt. You just don't like this guy's poetry. Well, I mean, that that guy, that guy really bugged me because it was just like grammar and punctuation is like, yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't need to crack your code to read. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree. especially if you're going to perform it in a way that goes against your own code. Sure, <laughs> okay. And I think like, that's it, what I find. I think it, if you've ever read a Shakespeare play or seen one performed, you'll notice there's a huge difference. Like I can read Much Ado About Nothing, which is hilarious, but if I read it, it's not. I don't. I may. I may not. I may laugh once. You know. I don't. I. Mm-hmm. I can't tell where the the sarcasm is supposed where I'm supposed to put that in where an actor would. Mm-hmm. But then you watch the Kenneth Branagh much ado about nothing, which is phenomenal mm-hmm. except for the fact that Keanu Reeves hey, is hey, inexplicably hey, hey, hey. in it. Um, <laughs> who I love, but not in this, um, but the uh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's so, and it's beautiful. Like the way they talk and, but they, uh, those guys have studied it and they know how to say it the way it's supposed to be said in conversation kind of, mm-hmm. and still sound poetic and beautiful. And that's, that's, I think that's the same thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leah, quick question. So mm-hmm. was that like off the cuff reading your poem and that's, that's the performance that came out or did you have, did you, have you gone, did you go through that poem and go, actually, I don't like the way that intonation works. So I'm going to switch that out and try it again. Did you like read, read it through a couple of different times, different ways to come to what we heard or was, is it, is it, you write the poem and then you just, it's, it's so innate and so much a part of, of you that you instantly and instinctively know how you want it to sound. And that's how it comes out. So it took me a long. Okay, so I, I guess I should probably give a background on on the writing process for me because um, I really wanted to. At first, I wanted to write like a story poem, but that was like so difficult for me because I don't do that. <laughs> um, and but I was like, okay, well, obviously, writing in general is just going to be a little bit out of my comfort at this comfort zone at, at this point because I haven't written. So let me just try it and see where where I get to. I wrote 10 words and I was like, I don't like this. I don't scratch that. So then (laughs) um, I just kept trying to start a story thinking that that's what I needed to do. But, um, you know, as you guys have already stated, it's just not this. You got to stick with what you know. (laughs) And sometimes it's, you know, that's what that's poetry is what I know. So as I was writing this, um, 
as soon as the words start to hit the paper, I know what voice I want to use. And I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it makes perfect sense. uh, I know what voice I want to use. And so I, at first I had something like a little bit different and, um, I closed my laptop, came back to it. And then I moved some things around, added some stuff, some context. So that way it made a little bit more sense. Um, and it still had the same voice. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it, no, I totally think of it in, it. I think of it as like writing, like when you guys are writing a story, you know, even if you close your laptop or if you change some things around, it still has the same voice. And sometimes when you're, um, when you're writing, like just right off the cuff, you might know what that voice is. Or sometimes as you go through, as you're writing a little bit more, you start to figure out what that voice is. But for me personally, I just knew what the voice was as soon as I, as soon as I started writing. And I normally I could do that before. Like I've written one, like my longest poem. I don't even know how many stanzas it is, but it, it was, it was very long. It was probably like a minute and a half poem. Um, so, but I st- had the same voice throughout and I don't know, yeah. I don't know how I do it, but it just happens. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So basically you, you, you heard the poem, you were doing the poem as you were writing it and that's how mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. heard it, mm-hmm. which is cool. I, f- cool. I find that fascinating. Yeah. Really All well right. done. Yeah, great job, Aliyah. Thank you. All right. Well, it looks like we've right. just enough time for a Jeff story then. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting out of this. No. Yeah. Not. <laughs> All right. Let's let uh, Utah go ahead. Is there anything you want to preface with before you start reading? Um, no, other than that, I haven't cr- done creative writing in, in quite a while. And uh, this is what, uh, well, there's. it's untitled. So. So uh, I guess we'll just give it a go. All right. right. Untitled by Utah Shoe. Empty jar, gun, knife, plastic bag, rope, pills, car keys. My eyes darted across the lot as if my brain needed to confirm what it saw. Car keys, pills, rope, plastic bag, knife, gun, empty jar. All accounted for all present. What the hell was I doing? This isn't something I ever wanted to really do. And yet, here you are, said an old familiar voice. I mean, listen, I've thought about it before, but come on, you have to admit that this is... My voice trembled and faded away, afraid to say what came next. My sentence was completed without any difficulty. The furthest you've ever come. Yeah, and I'm proud of you. I cringe at hearing that. This isn't something that would normally instill pride in anyone under normal circumstances. Then again, perhaps these weren't normal circumstances? Ah, I wasn't sure anymore. I haven't been in this kind of mental state in a very long time. In fact, I've worked very hard to avoid it and not to pat myself on the back, gotten pretty damn good at it. And yet, I know, I know, here I am. You you said that already. No need to repeat yourself. Let's get on with it. What have you got today? I've been waiting for you to ask. I think you'll like what I brought. Let's go over everything, shall we? Gun. What we have here is a small revolver. It's cheap, so don't expect a lot. Gun laws being what they are, this was all I could get on such short notice. It's a Ruger LCR, snub nose, polymer stock with steel frame, double action, concealed hammer. 
so it won't get caught on anything. What caliber? You know how important that is for this. Don't worry. I made sure to get a 357. It's not like I don't do my homework. Come on now. Haven't we known each other long enough for you to trust me? We've known each other far too long, and I hate that you came back. I can feel the wrinkled grimace after I said that, but honestly, I didn't care. It was a truth, and oddly enough, I felt like I had to say it out loud to manifest it, or make it stronger, or at least remind myself. After an awkward pause, we continued. Knife. Found something I think would be fun. Bowie knife. You know, I always mispronounced Bowie until recently. I always thought it was Bowie as in David Bowie, but alas, it's not. Inanities. Sorry. <laughs> Frost cutlery quicksilver Bowie knife. 10-inch blade. A bit of serration if you're into that. Lower quality steel in the blade, but good enough for light duty work. I'm already thinking the knife would result in quite a mess. I'm no Dexter, so I'm not too keen on this one. Plastic bag. Bag. Made of plastic. I didn't have to see the smirk, I heard it. Obviously, can we move on? The raised eyebrow told me no. Approximate volumetric capacity, two gallons. Weight capacity, about 20 to 50 pounds, though I wouldn't push it. This one's a typical bag you'd find at a local grocery store. I hope blue is an appropriate color. You know damn well the color doesn't matter, as long as there aren't any holes. Now can we move on? Rope. All I have is this thin nylon braided rope. I wouldn't suggest... Then don't. It's off the table. On to the next. Pills. I was pleasantly surprised by the selection of drugs in this old house. Family, am I right? The joke didn't elicit a response. I didn't feel it deserved one. We've got a bottle of Percocet, a bottle of Ambien, and a shit ton of Advil. We're talking Costco Sam's Club bulk size bottle. My stomach's churning just looking at it. Isn't yours? No, but I'm guessing the Advil is not most efficient to use here, so I guess the Percocet's the way to go. Maybe mix it with the Ambien? Ah, yes, for the gravy, so to speak. I like your way of thinking. Some things never change. That statement rubbed me the wrong way, enough so that I found myself retorting, don't say that. I don't always think in those terms anymore. Haven't in a long time. All because I remember a factoid from years ago doesn't mean I haven't changed. That was unexpected, but we carried on. Car keys. So I'm not sure why these are here, but I'll give you the info anyways. Keys to a 2018 Ford Mustang. GT, I believe. Though calling them keys is kind of a misnomer nowadays, right? It's really just a fob. But it's also the key to unlock the car. So I guess it's not, would you please stop with the inanities? They're not constructive. They're not helping. And I'm not enjoying your attempts at bringing levity to the situation. <laughs> Sorry. Just trying to help. You used to like my attempts at humor. I'll stop. Maybe. I could feel the mischievous smirk in that last statement, and I didn't appreciate it, but I let it go. I don't want the car keys. I don't think the car would be useful tonight. It's too new. Why not something older? You know how government regulations have changed how we use cars. There's more water than carbon monoxide anymore. I'm disappointed in you. 
I reveled in the role reversal, short-lived as it may be. You could use the car in other ways, you know. Ever hear of drowning? There's got to be a body of water big enough for a midnight drive, or maybe an overpass or bridge high enough for a fatal fall. I see those gears turning. My brow furrows. This seems too complicated. How can something so seemingly simple become so complicated? I'm looking for the highest probability of success here, so why are these things assembled here? Doesn't the choice seem obvious? It's always best to look at many possibilities. The best choice statistically may not be the best choice pragmatically. I wasn't asking you. Your furrowed brow was. There's that smirk again. Ah. <sighs> I don't feel committed, I feel conflicted, and I can't feel conflicted for this. Not only conflicted with the assignment, but also with the method of the assignment. All of a sudden, I find myself wanting to be mindful of not only my well-being, but also the well-being of others, which seems contradictory to the whole thing. Or is it the other way around? Isn't it their well-being I'm doing this for, not my own? Jesus, I can't even do this one simple thing without second-guessing. No wonder I'm here. Are you quite finished? Stop questioning yourself. You made it this far. It's not much further to the end. Make your decision, then take action. It's really that simple. No, it's not. I feel a hot flash running through my body. My head is starting to hurt. My eyes throbbing in discomfort like they're going to pop out of their sockets. What in the hell are you doing? Don't you know anything? How useless are you? Stop. Why can't you do this? Haven't you ever done anything right? Please, stop. You could like, you like repeating the same mistakes all the time. Did you think you could get away with this? No one cares enough. You're a monster. You're worthless. Just please stop. The cacophony stopped. But for how long? I can never quiet the voices for very long on my own. I needed help. Training to find ways to keep them at bay for any great amount of time. What happened to it? Why isn't my training working now? Because you feel guilty because of something you did. As much as that sounds like more manipulation, you know, you're right. I am, said the voice in a surprised tone. Our conversation is interrupted by a knocking on the door. It starts off with four gentle knocks and then a voice. Are you up there? We've been looking for you. Silence. I look over at the items again. More knocking, this time louder, more urgent. Are you up there? We've been trying to find you. Please open this door. <sighs> Empty jar, gun, knife, plastic bag, pills. It's not knocking anymore, but urgent banging. We're going to break this door down if you don't answer. The game's up. We found you. Empty jar, gun, plastic bag. I hear someone, no people kicking the door. I hear the door jam giving way, the tearing of wood, empty jar, gun. And then I see her, tears streaming down her face. And that's when I decide. I choose option one. And see. Wow. I feel like you took a page out of Matt's book. <laughs> <laughs> that was intense. That was intense. Wow. 
So, <laughs> and I mean, okay. So first of all, like your performance, like your top, performance, top notch. Yeah. Yes, like, literally. Uh, I'm gonna got, have you read my stories from here on out. We got you, the voices. I, would, I feel I'd like you were a voiceover from a book that I'd read already. Like, uh, thank you. <laughs> But the thing is, is like I, even without the performance, like there was so much building tension throughout that whole thing. I th- I think it would come off on the page as well. Like I think it was just yeah. really well crafted. Like very well. Like the, it, just you. from the very beginning, with like your your, it was very choppy. You know, like the what was it? it was empty jar, gun. You know, like it was just like you, you had it going right from the beginning. Like mm-hmm. cool. Cool. Four words in, and I was hooked. You yes. know what I mean. Also, I have to. Uh, Ian and I like to call attention to when each other use the word cacophony because it's like the uh, best yeah. word in the for world. You guys, and you used you know it. What? So. You did your homework on attention to detail on your firearm as well. <laughs> oh, good. I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad that you noticed. Glad yeah. somebody yeah. noticed. Yeah. Well, and that really played into the character really well too, because like if somebody is is manic, is is that would definitely be focused on each detail. I, th- I think. I think. I think. You you said you were worried before you read this story. Yeah, literally, Man, I was like, thinking about that too. I'm I like, was like, I was terrified. Come on, like <laughs> terrified. Well done. I so, knew his yeah, story I mean, was going to be been great it for a while. So Thanks, where did guys. this come from, man? Uh, like, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's interesting um, because it, it's I'm not exactly sure how how I got the idea for it. Um, as soon as I heard the prompt. I'm sure just like for everybody else, you know, the, the, the idea of a list came up, right? A list or some kind of like voicemail maze or just somehow having to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And so just a list of things uh, that uh, the things that I listed were things that um, coincidentally uh, happened to co- uh, happened to be match two lists that I found in my research online, which was methods of suicide and methods of assassination. Mm. And so I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. I never, never thought that, uh, those two things could cross correlate like they did. And so I decided, well, then I want to make a list of things. Uh, I want to use that list and go from there. And, um, Somewhat loosely based on some personal experience when I was dealing with mental health health issues a few years ago, um, the story kind of came up. And then as I was writing it, uh, I decided I would try and make it uh, vague and ambiguous enough that it could be someone contemplating methods of suicide or uh, an assassin figuring out the best way to take out, take out a mark or target. And so that's kind of where... And, and then... Once I got that down, once I committed to that, and I just started typing, and just kind of just kind of flowed out of my fingers. And um, as I look at what I typed, I'm sure it's grammatically awful and gross. And Matt, you would hate it if you actually saw it on the page. <laughs> <laughs> but much like Aaliyah, um, you know, I kind of typed it the way I heard it in my head, and so. Um, it was easy for me to to read it to you guys uh, versus it's going to take a lot of editing to try and figure out <laughs> how this is all going to would look if it was on the printed page. So, 
Yeah, I mean, so uh, I think we talked about it uh, an episode or two ago, but a lot of times when I write for the podcast, because I know that I'm going to be reading it out loud, I over like punctual, like I, I use punctuation like way too much. There's like I over comma everything because I put those breaks in for me to take a breath for yourself for right? me to do. It's like in <clears throat> some sometimes I change that before it goes to print and sometimes I don't. <laughs> but yeah. the thing the thing is is like you know i went to school for this and they teach you all the rules right right and you know who the people who are successful are the people who break all the damn rules sure so right. it's like it's like you need to know the rules so you know what you're breaking but like it's just it's it's crazy so if it makes sense to you like it doesn't matter what i think about it mm-hmm. wow well, Utah, that, was you so, that was so good you had so, me right off the Right so do you, do you know what option one was? Like, was it suicide or like, do you know, like, do you have any idea? Oh, in my head? Uh, yeah. In from, your head. From, from the list of things or just because option one was the gun, right? Yeah. Oh, is that what we went for? Like, okay. Well, I mean, okay. I, that's the way I interpreted it. Maybe so, it's different what, but so, because he listed them in that order. Sure. So time. I saw a list of items and that could be used for two different things. So I was sure. wondering if it's the same list for either do I take myself out or uh, do I then there's, go there's guns a blazing? You know yeah. what I mean? So do you have any there's, idea or are you just gonna you do you wanna leave it like a little uh it's very meta. I kinda I kinda feel like it I wanna I feel leave like it you kind should. of out to everyone's interpretation. So I almost feel bad for asking. <laughs> <laughs> It's like asking Quentin Tarantino what's in the briefcase. Don't do right. it. Right. What's in the briefcase? He knows. Yeah. I know he knows. Yeah. Of course he does. It's an LED light. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a light bulb with a little uh, switch on it. That, yeah, when they exactly. open. Okay. Oh, man. Good stuff. Well done, man. That was really so well good. That you. was so it. good. Oh, my All God. Right. Now I'm wishing I hadn't gone last because this is uh, <laughs> the pressure is on now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, mine is longer. So if you're, if you're going to tune out, now's the time <laughs> or take a break, pause, go to the bathroom. We'll leave a timestamp in the show. This notes. is the point during the film that it's safe to get up and exactly. go to the restroom. <laughs> right. Well, the app says, That's Oh, I got it. Not to derail it, but I got, I feel you on that whole bathroom thing in the movies, man. Yeah. There hasn't been a movie of recent time where I had to like run out and well, like run you're doing back it wrong. In. Don't drink anything before well, you right, go I was in. Say, the I theaters don't, don't help. The theaters are enabling you with those big, huge, right. what is it, 108 ounce. I do I, drink a large uh, Coke Zero uh, like in the first 15 minutes of the movie. It's just, oh, there you go. <laughs> so you're doing it yourself. I think it's just a nerve thing for me. Like I know I can't go pee, so that means I'm going to have to pee. Like right. it's, it's just like I can't <laughs> well, get it out of my there's head. There's been times I have not had a drink you know, like a big drink. I've like set purposely not had it saving money, whatever. Yeah. And I still got to go. It's, yeah. I, it's an eight. It's, um, you know, it's an age thing. I was going to ask well, that. I was like, yeah. which leads to my next forward. question. It's, so <laughs> that movie's three and a half hours long, right? No, it's yeah. three, three hours. How old do you have three. to be where it's acceptable to wear a diaper in a the movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Matt, they, they sell adult depends. It's not like, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying, but How like, old I do mean, you have to be Matt depends. <laughs> Well done. Like, right. I mean, just well done. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. We want to make sure. Uh, so that was the time to go to the bathroom during that conversation. So if you went, that was drink, kinda, if you come back, set that up. Yeah. Uh, I will read my story, I guess. Now it's um, uh, kind of a slice of life coming of age thing here. Um, let me get it up on the screen and we'll flip this. And I guess... I guess we'll do this. I'm nervous now. 
<clears throat> All right. You got this, Jeff. <laughs> All right. It's called Glory Bound. The early morning sun shone through the office window and sent a grid-like pattern across the desk. Shane's hands were gripping the arms of his chair and he felt sweat, sweat beating up in his palms. He absently wiped his hands on his Murraysville high letter jacket and then forced them into his pockets. He caught himself staring at the little pewter horse poised on the corner of Joseph Dittman's desk. The desk was very neatly kept, almost bare, except for a few folders, pictures of Mrs. Dittman and the grown Dittman children, and of course, the Dittman grandchildren. The man took pride in his family, that was clear. There was a small desk calendar bearing a photo of an orchid, today's date, May 10th, 1988, and a Bible verse that Shane couldn't be bothered to read. There was a leather-bound King James Bible, big enough to choke Shamu, next to a world's greatest dad coffee cup. At the close edge of the desk, facing Shane, was a nameplate engraved with Dittman's name and esteemed occupation, funeral director. Mr. Dittman's suit was black, tightly pressed, and though the man himself was semi-stocky, the suit hung about him loosely in places as though he had bought it at a time when he was slightly bigger, but age had stolen a few pounds from his frame. He peered at Shane through small, thin-rimmed glasses perched at the end of his nose. The top of his head was crowned with a finely coiffed mass of white hair. A pale blue tie provided the only splash of color in the man's attire. Dittman reached to a shelf behind his desk and removed a tissue box, which he then placed gently on the desk in front of Shane and patted. Shane now stared at the tissue box for a moment, but then his eyes moved to Mr. Dittman's. As I assume you know, your father actually made some arrangements already said Mr. Dittman, his voice calming baritone that Shane was sure he'd perfected over decades of comforting the bereaved of Murraysville during times of great loss. This wasn't the first time the old man had used it with him. It's actually a wonderful thing we're encouraging folks to do, planning ahead for these eventualities in order to reduce the burden on their loved ones. Shane forced a marginal smile that he just couldn't seem to pass on to his eyes. Mr. Dittman seemed to notice this difficulty, and produced a genuine, sympathetic smile in return. I know you and your father had a... Dittman thought carefully about his next word. Challenging relationship? At this, Shane's smile twitched slightly into a shape he hoped looked agreeable rather than derisive. It's really very thoughtful of your father to make these arrangements. It means that he wanted this time to be easier on you. Shane returned his gaze to the pewter horse, and focused his breathing, nodding almost imperceptibly. Dittman followed his gaze. You like horses, Dittman said. It wasn't a question. When Shane didn't respond, he continued. I love them. This was a gift from my oldest. Wow, 30-some years ago now? Dittman patted the little pewter horse in the same way he patted the tissue box. My father did, Shane said. I guess I do too. Of course, his father didn't so much like horses as much as he was simply obsessed with westerns. Shane was named after one of his father's favorites. In fact, Stephen Mallon idolized the great John Wayne more than anyone else in the world. To Shane's father, Wayne represented the perfect male image. Shane often wondered why his father never emulated the stoic character and wisdom of Sheriff John T. Chance and was more prone to channeling Ethan Edwards' bigotry or Tom Donovan's propensity for slapping down a mouthy man and flying into a drunken rage, nearly setting the house on fire before he ever heroically shot Liberty Valance. 
I have two, did you know? Dittman said. Percy and Tilly, we have a small paddock in our property out past Krieger's on Old Eight. Do you know the place? Shane knew Krieger's. It was a farm with cows that would constantly escape to enjoy a little bovine tour of Murraysville. He had arrived at school one morning to face down one in the parking lot, looking at Shane as though Shane was the one in the wrong place. You should come out sometimes, Dittman continued. You'd be welcome. Shane nodded, knowing that would never happen. Well, anyway, Dittman said, sliding a wrinkled envelope across his desk to Shane. The envelope also received a pat. This is what your father left in surety for the expenses. Normally, we'd have deposited it already in an account that actually bears a little interest, but he trailed off. He cleared his throat and continued. Your father only left it, left it with us last week. Of course, we kept it secure in the safe. Shane could make out his own name on the face of the envelope in the blocky printing that was unmistakably his father's. His father had used the same print to write out the note to his school that excused him for, for, for a few days to allow the purple-yellow shiner on Shane's eye to clear up. A shiner caused by Shane's inability to properly clean off the mower before storing back in the shed, and his father's inability to even moderately control his liquor intake. His father hadn't always been that way, at least that's what his mother had told him. Once he'd been a prince, she promised, with a shaggy Beatles hairstyle and, for that matter, the charm of Paul McCartney. Their first date had been to Dewey's, a greasy spoon across the street from the Quick and Save on Lewiston Street, the corner of Murraysville only stoplight. Although he barely remembered, the three of them had spent many happier afternoons at Dewey's sucking down butterscotch milkshakes. That had been when he was maybe four or five. The before time. Before factory layoffs, before bill collectors, and before the bottle took the joy and spirit of both of his parents. Before another bottle took his mother away forever. Shane was awoken from his reverie as Mr. Dittman pushed his nameplate aside and laid a catalog in front of Shane, open to a page showing a variety of caskets. Sorry, I had to drink. We've all the arrangements with the cemetery and the church, Dittman continued. All that's really left for you to do is choose the casket or coffin in which he will be laid to rest. Your father, well, he didn't want to look at them. Dittman pointed to the page on the left. Now here we have some typical wood and fiberboard caskets. You've got pine and plywood and even mahogany and oak, though those are a little on the expensive side. With what your father, with what your father put aside, Dittman touched the envelope with a perfectly manicured finger. You're really looking more at the pine or plywood. Shane looked at the pages, but wasn't really seeing them. What's the difference between a casket and a coffin? He asked. Ah, well, the coffin is a little narrower at the base and the head, as you can see here. Dittman gestured to one of the choices, whereas the casket is the same width head to toe. Shane now actually looked at the pictures and the coffin was a different shape. It reminded Shane of the pine boxes in the westerns he'd watched with his father, the kind of pine box you didn't want to end up in six feet under on Boot Hill. The kind of pine box that awaited one of two gunslingers facing off at the either end of any dirt road in any dusty old town. The coffins in the catalog were decorated and lined with puffy fabric, however, so the losing gunslinger could truly rot in style and comfort. He perused the other options on the pages, including the caskets, which were, as Dittman had said, only really different because of the shape. This one here, Dittman started up again, is pine and it's going to run a little bit cheaper, less materials, you see. The second one is plywood, price is a little more, but still within the amount your father has allotted. 
When you start getting into the fiberboard with veneer, the costs start going up a little, but all of these are beautifully made. Fine craftsmanship, the finest. We make sure of that. Shane nodded, his eyes remaining on the catalog, but again, not really seeing it. Once again, he's lost in thought, swimming through memories, though there be sharks in these waters. He recalled the first time he'd sat in this office with the sympathetic Mr. Dentman. He'd been just 11 years old, and he'd not been in this chair, but the one over in the corner. His father had sat in this chair and was having the same conversation Shane was now having. The words spoken did not remain in his memory, but the images were there, even the catalog. The people in the photographs on Mr. Dittman's desk were somewhat younger, and there were a couple less grandchildren. His father had conversed with Mr. Dittman, chosen a coffin or casket. Shane actually couldn't remember that either, and they'd driven home in silence. Uncle Tim and his wife, Carla, were waiting for them at the house. Shane's little cousins were playing in the yard, laughing. They were too young to really grasp what was going on, so Shane didn't fault them. Shane squatted down and sat on the second step up to the porch and watched the kids while his father went inside with Uncle Tim and Aunt Carla. What happened next is hazy because, of course, it was seven years ago and the worst day of his life. But raised voices from inside caught his and the kids' attention. There was a sound of smashed glass, more angry shouting, and more than a few expletives before Uncle Tim threw the screen door open and stomped past Shane on the way to his car. Aunt Carla scurried out next, scooped up the youngest in her arms, ran her hand through Shane's hair to rest on the back of his neck and gave him a sympathetic look. Then she followed her husband, her other child scurrying behind her like a frightened duckling. When Shane went inside the house, he had found his father slouched in the recliner lighting a cigarette. Marlboro, naturally. The wall adjacent to Shane was dripping with bourbon and the scent hung heavy in the air. Broken glass from a bottle and picture frames that had previously hung on the wall was scattered on the floor. He glanced back at his father. Who had thrown the bottle was unclear, but Shane could confidently guess. Shane still asked his father who had done it and was met with an icy glare. Tears began to fall in his eyes, the first tears he had really shed since hearing his mother had died, having felt so numb up to this point. But now they came and boy, howdy. With the tears came anger and for the first time ever, Shane choked down the shame and fear he'd carried for years and unleashed his anger at his father. The words have since been lost to time and the mind's tendency to bury the worst times deep in the dirt of its own boot hill. But he remembered that his screaming had been intense and he remembered the last words he'd said to his father that day. Those he remembered vividly as well as his father's response. While his son went apoplectic across the room from him, Stephen Mallon dragged purposefully on his cigarette and watched the spectacle expressionless. Shane was winding down now, mostly just repeating the words he'd used so far to express his hatred for his father. With long gasping breaths, Shane sobbed and finally stopped speaking. You finished? His father asked. Shane wasn't. He had one more thing to say. I hope you die. Shane spat, then recoiled in fear of the violence that was sure to come. Stephen's eyes widened and a bemused smile crossed his unshaven face. That'll be the day, he said, and placed the cigarette between his lips, picked up the remote control, and switched on the television. The next few days had consisted of cold tension-filled visits with friends and neighbors over dishes of casseroles dropped off by the fine ladies at Paley Road Baptist. Neither his father nor mother had many family left beyond Uncle Tim. There was a viewing, a service, and an ambling graveside glory-bound oration from Pastor Green. And then his mother was six feet under and 17 miles away 
and Shane was left to face adolescence alone with his father. Thankfully, Uncle Tim and Aunt Carla were close, and Shane slept over often, usually after one of his father's weekly bouts with gin or Southern Comfort, or both, at Deacon's. Deacon's was the bar Stephen and his cronies spent evenings at after their shifts at Tylersburg Steel before the mill had closed for good. In the before days, his father had even worked there with Uncle Tim, who'd been a foreman. It's how Stephen Malinan had met Shane's mother. During Shane's sleepovers at his aunt and uncle's, Uncle Tim taught him how to play guitar, and Shane took to it quite naturally. His uncle gave him a worn old ovation that he had for years, and Shane practiced day and night. He woke up to play it and sometimes fell asleep at night with it laid across him. In a few years, Shane was writing his own songs, and because his father considered music to be a colossal waste of time, you'll never go anywhere with that, Shane also joined the junior high basketball team. Despite urging his son to join, Stephen never attended a single game. He never even asked how it was going. The only twinge of pride he showed was when Shane had shown his father the letters sewn onto his jacket in his junior year season on varsity. Stephen said, impressive, and had offered him a beer, which Shane declined. Uncle Tim died in 1985. Some kind of weird sounding cancer had devastated his lungs from years of labor at Tylersburg Steel. Aunt Carla had hired lawyers to track down the company who'd owned the mill before prior before, prior to pulling up stakes and moving operations and jobs out of state. The company settled and made Carl and the kids reasonably rich, especially by Murraysville standards. A regular trailer ta- trash tycoon, as his dad put it. Carla took the settlement money, packed up the family, packed up the now three kids and moved to North Carolina to be with her family. Shane didn't blame her one bit. She still sent him a card containing a crisp $20 bill on his birthday and Christmas every year since, though most of the time his dad would commandeer it to pay an errant phone bill or to keep the lights on for another month. On a few occasions, Shane was able to keep some smaller portion of the gift from his aunt and tucked it away inside a pair of dress socks he kept in the back of the dresser drawer. He only ever wore dress socks to church with his mother, and he had only been back to church twice in the seven years since she died, once for her memorial service and again for Uncle Tim's. He figured it was safe there. Now, as he sat in Mr. Dittman's office, was about four weeks since Shane had found out how wrong he was. In need of some new guitar strings for the ovation, Shane opted not to use his own money, which was diminishing, and summoned the courage to ask his dad. His father was in the kitchen, putting three new bottles of whiskey in the cupboard, so Shane figured his father was flush for a change. Shane watched as Stephen Mallon opened a fourth bottle and poured a bit into the bottom of a glass. He waited for him to choke the whiskey down and look at him before speaking. I was wondering if I could have a few bucks, Shane asked, bracing for impact. Stephen looked at his son and frowned. What for? I need some guitar strings. Stephen chuckled, but there was no humor in his demeanor. No cash. Shane knew what he wanted to say. He knew the words bouncing around at the back of his teeth were anxious to fly out and be heard, but he also knew what the consequences would be. His mind weighed those consequences and determined that the words should be choked back down and forgotten. His mouth had other intentions. Did you just get paid? Shane asked. You got more booze. Shane could have sworn the room got darker. His father's countenance certainly did. Shane watched his father's fingers ball into fists, but was relieved to see that Stephen was actually doing so to try to curb his own anger. After a deep breath, his father said, Mind your damn business. Having apparently dodged any repercussions so far, Shane decided to push again. 
It's just a few dollars, he said, probably a third of what that bottle of whiskey cost. As soon as the words came out, Shane immediately regretted them, not because they were incorrect or because they were disrespectful, but because without warning, his father's fist cracked across the base of his jaw, sending waves of pain up through his skull and his lower teeth cutting into his bottom lip. Reeling and with his head feeling like it was full of wasps, Shane stumbled against the counter behind him and slumped to the floor. Stephen Mallon stepped past him and retired to the living room to watch The Wheel, a show he watched every day, never to solve the puzzles, but to cheer and jeer and root for the smiling, pretentious jackholes, as he called them, to get a bankrupt or to lose a turn. From the floor, Shane whimpered, but he didn't cry. He'd been done crying from these attacks for some time now. He refused to give his father the pleasure. With some great effort, Shane dragged himself up to his wobbly feet. He watched his blood drip from his mouth in a long, red, saliva-infused line until it snapped and splattered against the ugly linoleum floor. He wiped his mouth with the back of his shirt and looked at the blood on the sleeve. With a glance towards the living room, a decision was made. Shane tread precariously up the stairs, his head still spinning a bit. He went into his room, removed his shirt, and tossed it into the hamper in the corner, where so many other similarly stained shirts had been deposited over the years. He grabbed a towel that hung on the doorknob of his closet and wiped the blood and spittle from his face. Then the towel followed the shirt to the hamper. Reaching into his closet, he grabbed the first shirt his hand touched and quickly threw it on over his head, nearly falling to the bed with dizziness from the effort. He examined himself in the mirror above his dresser, gently touching the jaw and seeing that his bottom lip was already almost twice the normal size. Shane knew it was only $38 to catch a greyhound in Tylersburg to pretty much anywhere he wanted to go. He knew because he'd done the research and made the calls. He also knew he had almost 60 saved up in the dress socks. Fighting the urge to take the blame for his pain on himself for not using his sock money for guitar strings, he opened the drawer. That money was not for the guitar strings, he told himself. That money was for a moment like this one. Of course, he was unsurprised to find the dress socks unfolded and empty. He knew he should be outraged. He knew he should fly downstairs in a justified fury and fight his father, swing and flail until one of them went down and couldn't get up anymore. But the anger instead welled up as despair, and he collapsed back onto his bed, eyes staring wetly at the ceiling, and finally let the sobs come freely until a fitful sleep overtook him. Resurfacing from his memories, he was currently two weeks from matriculating from Murraysville High, placing somewhere smack in the middle of his senior class grade-wise, and once again in the office of Joseph Dittman, funeral director. Dr. Ger Gerald had told Shane his father's death had been accidental and arose from ingesting a volatile cocktail of alcohol and unprescribed medication. It made no difference to Shane. Mr. Dittman was still pointing at the catalog. Shane finally looked into the wrinkled envelope. It was full of crisp $20 bills. He thumbed across them to get a sense of how much was there. I know this is hard, Dittman smiled sympathetically. You know, your father spoke quite fondly of you when he came in, said you were going to be a great musician. Shane took in the words, but found that he could not comprehend them. He stared dumbly at Mr. Dittman as though the man had just stepped off a gleaming UFO and spoken in clicks and chirps. Dittman cleared his throat again, realizing the words he'd hoped were helpful weren't. Uh, you could get the pine, save a little in the long run, but you have enough for the plywood, 
the price difference is just a little bit more. It, it is up to you. Option one, Shane said and pointed to the pine. Dittman smiled warmly and nodded, closing the catalog. In only about 20 more minutes, he and Shane had concluded their business and Shane had handed over enough of the bills to settle his father's arrangements. The next few days were once again filled with casseroles and visits and condolences. There was a viewing, a service, and an ambling graveside glory-bound oration for Pastor Green. Aunt Carla and the kids drove up for it, which made it all bearable. She was doing well and might even have met someone. It was someone she worked with and he was great with the kids. Shane was truly happy for her. Eventually, the friends and neighbors stopped calling and Aunt Carla returned to North Carolina. Shane now found himself at a window table in Dewey's, finishing off a butterscotch milkshake. He looked out at the window and stared at the town's one stoplight above Lewiston and Hickory. He watched as it pointlessly changed from green to yellow to red and then back to green again above a silent, empty street. He pulled the wrinkled envelope from his pocket. Inside remained two crisp $20 bills and a few smaller bills representing the change left after his milkshake purchase. Standing up from the table, he shoved the envelope back into his pocket. He shrugged on his backpack, picked up his guitar case, and tossed the styrofoam cup containing the last dregs of his milkshake into the trash can by the door. A bell jangled merrily to mark his exit from the diner. The Tylersburg Grace Hound Station was a decent hike. Maybe an hour. Less if he hitched. The one-way ticket to Nashville would cost him $38. As the sun began to set, Shane walked off towards it. That's it. <laughs> I tell you, you guys, I think, maybe should take over for us. <laughs> I don't know about that. That was super long, and uh, but... Uh, no, it was very well. I didn't know how to uh, cut any of it. So descriptive. it was very well thought out. I think it was the the the, char the character in the the town. It's just it all felt very authentic to me. Yeah, no, I yeah, agree with you. What, what you it, it was. You're your, a mute, your mic Matt. is mute. Muted, Matt. You're muted. Was that based off a real place? Because that town really jumped off the page. Yeah. Like, so well, there's so it uh, okay. Just to clear the air. It, it is not autobiographical in the sense that my dad was abusive um, at all, but uh, he was a great guy, but he was critical of me and things like that. But it is based oh. on some elements of the town I grew up in with him. And then I just kind of went, you know, farther with, with his criticism, and, you know what I mean? It made the father sure. harder. I had no idea so there's you, some, had no there's idea you some, went to national. That was, that's news to me. <laughs> no, this not, the, the story is not autobiographical. Just, know, there just, are elements from my own life that I called upon to make it. Yeah. feel Murraysville well, is basically South point, Ohio. <laughs> okay. It, it's just, it's, I, I know you're a Stephen King fan and in his books, the town is very much a, a character, a character, you know, in, in mm -hmm. most cases. And it like, you knew it so well in, in the words that you wrote that I felt like I, I was there. Which is mm -hmm. which was great. Like yeah, it was felt like, totally authentic, genuine. I mean, it, it absolutely made me feel like you had experienced that. Yeah, and with your description, I got to experience it. Like I could, I was closing my eyes and I could actually see the town, and I could see the funeral home, and I could see that I mean, it was really, really nicely done. There's a lot of good detail. Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and emotion, like I'm going through, like I had, I felt a lot of emotion there. Like I had, I had a, 
a, a challenging relationship with my dad mm. and recently lost him as well and felt a lot of like what I feel like Shane was probably going through in, in those moments. And it was just, it, it really hit like, it hit I forgot your, about that. Like, yeah, no, no, it's funny. I mean, it's fine. It's just, I, I it's hope, just, yeah, I hope that wasn't a, like trigger. No, not at I, all. I didn't even think, I didn't, totally forgot about that, but yeah, it's I just, remember you um, talking about it. It's uh, it, it hit a lot of emotions like and I think there's a lot of people that are going to th- that'll be able to to feel that with you too, w- regardless of whether the relationship was actually abusive. You know, that it's, it's a complicated relationship that I think any reader or listener is going to be able to to sympathize or empathize with. And yeah, it was it was just I, I, I'm almost at a loss for words. Like I just <laughs> it, it really hit me. It was good. It was great. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. It was, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I am speechless between you and Utah. Well, like oh. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm still trying to figure out the words to say from Utah's story. And then you, you, you read your story and I'm just like, there's, it, that was fantastic. I so appreciate it. Is, it. is that about the coffin and the casket really true? Like the, the differences? Because I just yeah, assume they were two apparently. different things. No, I there's two words in the same thing. I mean, they're, it's it's their construction that makes them different. You know what I mean? Like, but they're uh, yep. uh, most people think a coffin and a casket are the same thing, which but their function not. is absolutely the same, right? Right. They're just slightly differently built. And I I was just I this whole story just came about in like weird ways, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I knew that I wanted the option. Went through the same things Utah did. I, I had a voice or I had a, a customer service process uh, <laughs> that would nightmare basically. That, that was right. going to be kind of where it started. And then I started thinking about what if, uh, what if you're choosing a coffin? It was almost a horror story. You know, what if you were choosing a coffin and you had to make sure it was one that, that they couldn't get back out of for some reason, do you know what I mean? Like that, that Ooh, was well, part fun. of where I was going to go. But then, yeah, just somehow I Note was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, at, at the end I was just kind of like, no, what if, you know, what if, uh, what if it's the, you know, what if you're choosing the, you know, the, the coffin that your loved one's being buried in? Um, only in this case, he wasn't so loved, you know what I mean? Like, what, right. you, what do you do? And yeah. And I felt like, you know, I, you, you said Stephen King. Uh, yeah. There's no question. Stephen King is an influence. That's why there's so many mm-hmm. pop culture references and things, you know, sure. that, I, that just kind of comes to me the same way. Like I just think that way now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, I don't expect everyone to know what characters John Wayne played in movies or which movies they were. Um, but the point is Shane does. Right. And that he mm-hmm. uh, re- that's how he remembers it. And you get the you still get the same idea that he, that's to come across, even if you don't know exactly who those people are. Stephen King use it calls on music and, and stuff that I never I'm, I never understand. But I get his point. You know what I mean? Like it comes across. So, yeah, there was some fun stuff like that. But. At first, I thought whenever uh, he went upstairs, I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah. I thought well, he was going to kill his dad. I bet that was yeah. in the first draft. <laughs> no. Well, I got to be honest with you. So I, I feel like at the end of the day, I left it kind of ambiguous as to how, how was it? Was he involved somehow? Or was yeah. it? Yeah. Really? I, I, I didn't go there. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. I, I mean, in my heart. No, that's not how it ends. Do you know what I mean? He didn't sure, do that. Yeah. Um, his dad is just irresponsible but um not just irresponsible but i i think the clue is in the fact that he literally came in a week before 
and planned his funeral. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, so yeah. to me, that was the clue of what really happened. But um, at the same time, I, I wanted, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't make it clear whether or not, you know, Shane had something. I figured it was like, Hmm, I wonder if people will think that he did. And then, you know, and now he's, you know, getting away with it because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I questioned it. I questioned it because of the way that you said that it was like a, a mixture of, you know, of um, alcohol and unprescribed drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, but what you said was if, if he was murdered, like if his son killed him, like why would he been, have been planning right. this? Like why would this funeral director have all that cash? Right. The, yeah. impl- the implication is that uh, that his father took his own life, basically. Right. I, um, that's why. But and, but it also could have been an accident. So I'll leave that open to interpretation, I guess. I, I feel so I would, sad for him whenever he went up to go get that cash right? from the drawer and it was gone. Like I was just yeah. like gutted. Uh, gutted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, man, what is he well, going to do now? <laughs> A part of me kind of expected it too, like a tiny bit of me, like you know, right. mm-hmm. yeah. father, we so much of an asshole that does, that I, I totally see him finding cash anywhere, everywhere, mm-hmm. just to spend on booze, right? Yeah, uh, but it was really, really, really vivid. Man, um, all three. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it just I, I, it's hard for me to find anything to critique. I mean, really, you guys are all rock stars. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed um, with what you guys put like, together. Yeah. Uh, I was worried that I was trying to put too much of the story. I mean, we kind of get like a lot of his life in this just quick. Yeah. And I'm like, is that, am I not but doing that justice? You know, it, it really or did I do it, it smoothly. It, I don't know what the right word is here, but like it really, I guess it convicts me as a writer that you guys were able to, you know, cause you, cause you guys went to great lengths to say how, you know, quote unquote inexperienced you are or out of practice you are. And you all put together something with, such emotion and, and so evocative, uh, you know, in different ways that I'm like, I don't know that I'm doing that. You know I mean? Like I, I'm doing, I'm writing all the time and I'm, you know, I just feel like, man, I'm just writing cardboard cutout type stuff in some cases. And it's, I was, I was really impressed with it. Well, I think, I think we're, you're probably your own worst critic. Like, I don't think that's the Correct. case about maybe, your writing. Yeah. You know maybe, I mean? but like yeah. you, you would, I think you were wise to not cut anything because that all contributed to, a more oh. authentic feeling story. I yeah, think. Absolutely. absolutely. And like, it didn't feel I w- manufactured. I want to know what, what Shane does in Nashville. Like, I think that this is like, you know, we, we do, we do this all the time. Like I want to uh, know more. And it's like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to know more. Like I do, I do have, I do have some ideas. Um, so a, a little, a little, uh, another little background is there was a, there was actually a second a prompt that I used for this, by the way. So okay. I've been, I've been making a playlist in Spotify of songs that inspire it. Cause I, I'm very, that's awesome. like when I listen to songs, they totally like, I, because I'm, a, because I'm in the film and movies and want to make movies. And I think like mm-hmm. screenplays and things like that. When I hear songs, I, there are scenes happening. Yep. Same, right? mm-hmm. Same yeah. with me. And so I've been doing that where I kind of like, I've been putting aside these songs into like the, the a playlist and I, I, and I take the, and something about the song the, what I'm doing to spark myself, I guess, to, to write further after this, you guys have inspired me to just keep doing this was to take the, take that list. Right. And every song pick, you know, find something that inspires me to write a story about in that song, whether it's the title, whether it's 
one line, right? Whether it's the tone of the song, maybe it's not the lyrics at all, whatever. Yep. It's just mm-hmm. the mood that it so inspires in some way. And there's a song called Glory Bound by Martin Sexton. And there's this second half of the story is about, uh, you know, and packing up the bags. It's very, very guitar centric. It's very uh, sort of country. And, and it just really, that's, to me, that was like Shane's theme song on the bus, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so then I started looking at some of the other titles and wondering, do any of these ex- tie to what Shane is doing in Nashville in a couple of years. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I hope they uh, do. And if you do like share it for sure, like I, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely invested. I definitely think that we need to do this again just to see where the stories go. Because um, like, but even with uh, Matt and Ian, even with your guys' stories, like I want to know more. You both oh, yeah. left it off on cliffhangers. Utah <laughs> and Jeff definitely left off on cliffhangers. So like, Mine, I don't, I don't feel, I feel like mine was one. Yeah, I, I feel like Jeff's Jeff's is a complete like very yeah, much. A I mean, story. Like, to me, I'm itself. done. We, let's we hope Shane is. I mean, I'm not saying I will never. I mean, like, you said slice of life. I mean, yeah. that's how slice yeah. of life is. Yeah, right. That that's how it works. I mean, yeah, for me, definitely. I feel like mine's just a one off. Like you know, this was one one particular situation, one one particular scene or event maybe we revisit this character again. I don't know, but I well, I want to know what his option is. What did he choose? <laughs> well, he well, chose the pine box for his dad. No, so, no, no, no. I'm talking about with Utah. Oh yeah. Utah story. Yeah. Oh, so, oh I agree there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, you can't I, say I, that it's not a cliffhanger. He chose option his one. Was for sure, yeah. He what chose option, option one. one. Well, what was option In my one? eyes, he went like guns a-blazing at whoever was pounding on that door. <laughs> <laughs> like kamikaze did. Or there to himself. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. We don't know. Crazy. But, like, exactly. With, with That's Je- what I'm saying. With Jeff's, I think I feel like we have that walking off into the sunset moment, like credits mm-hmm. rolling at the end. Absolutely. But I think Very also like too. We, could, yeah. we could we could that's how fast- that's how Shane ends. Actually, the movie. Okay, yeah, that is how you've seen it. End. Shane yep. no. goes off into the sunset, and the little boy's yelling, "Shane!" It's very emotional, <laughs> but uh, um, that's kind of what I imagined in this case. But I, I think we could come back to Shane like 15 years later, and he's like a <laughs> successful musician, like working Nashville or something, and all right. of a sudden he or- comes across his his ovation that he pawned to get his first and all the stuff comes coming back and you, you know like you know what i mean like oh yeah or or do we do we visit him and he he was doomed to repeat his father's mistakes yeah oh, oh and he's like a drunk now yeah, and he's a drunk or he's he's both you know he's a musician or he could be a studio a musician drunk. frustrated that he never got the credibility yeah, that the, he wanted big, big break right yeah. yeah now he's thinking his father was right and you know whatever right, right and then he has a list of things to to either kill himself or kill <laughs> his manager <laughs> he's got to pick options so you're gonna merge the story <laughs> and before he does he reads a poem he writes a poem that talks about time and how boundless and, right. and, and oh and my <laughs> We've gone. Maybe full we should work on a screenplay. I think we get something. <laughs> we got enough. Something here for wow. sure. That's this funny. just became the writers' room podcast. <laughs> yeah. we gotta, uh, Clearly, no, our stories fun. play on each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fantastic! Really. Well, I hope that um, if nothing else, I hope that these between these two podcasts, that people will listen to these stories and also be inspired to do the the same. And again, you know, none of us were confident coming in here and I really appreciate the kind words that you guys have said. I I think Leah and Utah feel the same. Yeah. I want more. uh, You just never know. Like if you don't get it out and on paper, like then, then there's either, you know, we, 
you don't know if it's good or not. Right. And, and most of the time it's going to be bad. There's, I, I can't tell you how many times I went back and fixed this, right. I fixed words. I fixed things. I moved where things happened. Um, but you have to like, it's, it's gotta be down or, or, you know, it just eats you up. So yeah, I hope this inspires fair. people to, to get out there and do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks to Matt and Ian so much for this. It was so much fun to do this. We're definitely going to have to make this like a yearly uh, tradition or something, um, where we all get together and do this. This will be a lot of fun. Um, maybe in, uh, when it, when is writer's month, national writer's month? uh, November. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get Ian started. (laughs) Don't get Ian started. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, so Matt, yeah. And Ian, one, one of you tell, tell everybody just, you know, how to find you and all the cool information. Um, we told them where to find the podcast, but go, yeah, the, you know, give them, give them more information. You know, search promptly written pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. We're out there everywhere. Um, or you go to promptly written.com, promptly written podcast.com. And, uh, if you want to, um, take part and help choose the, uh, the prompts that we write from every month. Uh, the best place to do that is in the Facebook group. So if you're on Facebook, search promptly written and, um, you'll find the group there. Awesome. Yeah. And so definitely, uh, if you're hearing this as a podcast, instead of watching us right now, thank you to the, to the two viewers that are still with us after all of that. I appreciate it. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, make sure you jump over to the other one and, and listen to those stories. You got to get the whole, uh, whole experience, whole experience, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Um, thank you also to Utah and Aliyah. You guys did fantastic. I know we were all sweating right up to the last minute there. It's nerve wracking. Um, oh my goodness. But, uh, it was, it was very much worth it. I'm so excited to like get back and write something else now. So that's what I'll do. Uh, do it for you. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure that before I go, I want to tell everybody about next week, next Sunday at 7 p.m. We'll be talking to Chris Warner. He's a multi-hyphenate actor, director, writer, producer. This guy has been on screen with Nicolas Cage. He was in uh, Sin City with Benicio Del Toro's scenes. He was uh, opposite Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men. So this guy has worked with the Coen brothers, which are two of my favorite directors ever. So I can't wait to ask him how that was. Um, Chris Warner will be with us on the show. I'm very excited for that. So make sure you come back uh, for that next week. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of World Gun Geeks. The podcast is real. Make sure you follow us at World Gun Geek on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, uh, TikTok. I haven't TikToked in a while though. So, but please follow me and then it'll inspire me to do it. So if there's more people, I'll I'll feel guilty. (laughs) Put something out there. So give us a follow. Uh, We appreciate everybody who listens and who hung out and hung out this long. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. That's spicy. I'm waiting. Go by Shang-Chi. The podcast is real is a World Gone Geek production.